0: People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu from Blue Wire Podcasts. Baker
1: Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield.
0: Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown, I'm your host Jake Burns. We are talking about your now 9-3 Cleveland Browns. Listen, I'm going to talk an extended amount of time about these guys. I don't want to be interrupted, so we're going to get two of our fantastic sponsors to get leadoff roles here for this podcast podcast. First is Indeed, where we talked about how businesses are reshaping hiring in a difficult year and Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore to help you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Like Kevin Stefanski, was a great hire, probably not an Indeed hire, but a great hire. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring, Only pay for what you need. No long-term contracts. You can pause at any time, which is also a fantastic feature. They have a new way of matching candidates, which instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria That you can contact the moment you sponsor a job with the company, making Indeed the number one and only job site that can move as fast as you do. So, if you're looking to hire at the turn of the year, make sure you take advantage of the opportunity Indeed is offering right now with a $75 free credit to boost your job post, which means you get those quality candidates and you get them fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at in Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's the best offer available anywhere still. They've been with us for a while here. Still the best offer available. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. The offer is valid through December 31st. And make sure you check out those terms and conditions that also apply. And betonline.ag. Listen, I've been doing a ton of betting. Parlays are really fun on Sundays. Take the money line parlays. Uh, trust yourself on who you think is going to win. They also have team Uh, player, individual, coaching props, all of it is at BetOnline.ag. They're the best online wagering site out there. Make sure you're taking advantage of them, the great welcome bonuses that they have. You can still get in on division, championship futures, all of it. That's promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag, all one word. Promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So now I'm going to shut up about anything other than the Browns. Listen, I'm going to start and lead off with this. First off, this is the first time I've recorded one of these podcasts before it being like midnight, so this is kind of cool. Got a little window to talk about this thing. Your Cleveland Browns are 9-3. and three. That's the focal point. Listen, these games, these weird end-of-the-game situations where these guys clearly have just not been in enough situations where they're winning collectively as a group, some funky stuff's happening. It's still the Cleveland Browns. It's like the franchise is still trying to kick away the weird losing karma of all those years, but I've never felt in any way stressed out. They're They're fine. I would like the defense to start making more plays in the second half of these games, but it's a mentality thing, man. To be up the way they were up at halftime, which a score going into halftime 38-7 is pretty crazy. You have a team on the other side, two dominant wide receivers, and a pretty solid quarterback in Tannehill. They were going to be able to throw against soft coverage. It's just kind of the way it goes. You can get the football out quick. They they threw for 389, 29-45 for Tannehill. Uh, 389 again, three touchdowns with one interception, but they held Derrick Henry to 60 yards, man. 15 attempts, 60 yards. He was never a factor in this game. Didn't catch any passes of note. He had one catch for nine yards, but it meant nothing. And um, listen, that matters. It really matters. You you shut down Derrick Henry, you make them one one dimensional, and and you see what happens. They can throw for a ton of yards. That's cool, but they're not going to score the points that matter. That's not the way Tennessee wants to play. And uh, that's, that's why Cleveland's defense was crea- able to create some opportunistic turnovers, opportunistic stops in the first half, and that's how you hold a team to seven points. And and when the offense is rolling the way the Browns have the offense rolling at the same time uh, that the defense is making those opportunistic plays, that's where they jump out ahead, man, because this offense, when it's right, is a machine that just kind of churns out the best play in the situation of these neutral games or when they're out in front. They just take advantage of it, man. And... That's what they did to the tune of 38-7. Now, this felt a lot like Dallas, where they're up so much that uh, you start staring at the clock and all that stuff. And that that's fine. Whatever, man. Like, I would love for them to, to beat them 41-7. But at the end of the day, Tennessee's very talented. They took advantage of a situation where the Browns relaxed. You know, Maybe you're one of those people who want them to stomp the throw. I do, too. It'd be great. But weird things happen. I don't. I just don't really care much. They dominated this game. They dominated it where they needed to dominate it. They ran for over 100 yards again. They ended up on the day uh, running for 118 yards. Wasn't a great focal point of the offense because when Baker Mayfield's dealing and they know that teams are are really trying to stop the run at all costs, they're going to throw it well. They throw a 25 of 33 for 344, four touchdowns. He was 20 of 25 at the half for 290 and four touchdowns. They did whatever they wanted to, and what they were given was the ability to throw the football, throw it downfield, throw it off play action, throw it from the gun in empty sets. They did what they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. You should feel great about that. I do too. Listen, Tennessee's defense is not the 2019 version of Tennessee's defense. They're good-ish. They're not that good. They don't pressure the quarterback very well um they certainly have lost people in the secondary uh, Dory Jackson their best corner their two safeties Kenny Vaccaro Kevin Byard are not playing good football but but in Jon Brown their best linebackers hurt but they they still have a winning culture there and I know they're like I said the metrics aren't great for their defense it's not last year's version but the Browns played really well and the offense played really well in a big game on the road with with a good amount of fans in the stands, too, that you should feel encouraged about that the same way I do, especially with how accurate Baker Mayfield was uh, on the day. And Like I said, 25 of 33 for 334. Nick Chubb runs 18 times for 80 yards, really nice cutback run, 29-yard run he had there. Cream Hunt, tough, man, 14 for 33, but has a great uh, effort in the, in the passing, especially that fourth-quarter screen he caught for a first-down three for 24. In the receiving department, nine targets, six catches for Rashard Higgins, uh, he was second in targets. He had 95 yards, of touchdown. They continue to to get this 2018 version of Higgins, who has just maximized his value in really an offense that is perfect for him. A great touchdown in the in the uh, second quarter there on that ball up the right sideline. Perfect throw, perfect catch. He's he's fun, and I hope they can make this guy's career continue in this offense. Find a way to keep him around at a reasonable rate. Donovan Peoples Jones. I was happy for the young man who dropped he dropped that first uh, first drive touchdown with it was without a doubt going to be a touchdown makes up for it with that long 75 yard uh, touchdown there as they I think it was a second quarter touchdown early second quarter to put him up 24/7 was really really great to see for him a great route really good patience on that stutter and go at the first down marker he chopped the feet sold the comeback route which you typically see on some of these play action routes and uh, it was he was just wide open up the right sideline. Great, great effort there. Nice bounce back from him. And he had a nice day in punt return, too. I'm not sure what his punt return numbers were. I don't think I get these numbers right off the bat, but I'll check it. Probably his best uh, return game uh, of the season in terms of what his average was on those punt returns. Let's check. we got kick returns here. He had uh, four, three punt returns. Listen, the numbers aren't very good. They only tell me... He had three for one year. I thought he, I thought he made some nice returns. Maybe I'm losing my mind. I don't, I don't know. But I thought he had some decent returns in there. Maybe, maybe I'm just seeing things. Just uh ixnay that part. Then I guess uh, maybe, I, maybe I lost my mind there. So we'll keep going. Uh, but but what I loved too was defensively they capitalized on opportunities. You know, Malcolm Smith ends up with a sack. Miles Garrett, who continues to get held so often, comes up with a sack. Larry Ogunjobi comes up with a sack uh sandejo leads with eight tackles unfortunate that an interception of his got overturned uh because that was that was good to see him make a make a tip ball interception there unfortunately the 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 hit came in a little bit high on on um i believe that hit was from kevin johnson It's just uh, unfortunate he with the shoulder but it ended up getting the head. we should talk to i'm getting a little all over the place we will talk more in depth about the defense but uh jarvis landry had 10 targets led the team eight catches 62 yards uh, an unfortunate drop, but Jarvis continues to play really good football, man, and, and, and making nice catches in this offense and a structure built for him. Nick had a, a screen catch for 26 yards. Chubb, we talked about Kareem's three for 24. Austin Hooper had two for 24. Tight ends not heavily involved. Uh, David Njoku did have one catch for five yards and an aerial uh, jump that was that was kind of nice on the television screen. Uh, Dearness Johnson had a first drive catch of five yards. I don't know why he was in there early. I found that to be interesting, almost like Kareem was being punished for, for something, because that was not a situation where uh, Dearness is ever in, in, in third and in second and long from the gun. So, kind of weird. I'm not sure he played many other snaps than that outside of kick return uh, duties. so And Kendall Lamb, man, that's awesome touchdown catch. They reported him eligible, snuck him out. And nobody, nobody found him, and he's just he's wide open. Zone. Listen, the first half felt like an, an a, a, a the antithesis of what the 2019 version was, which was Tennessee losing their calm, uh, boneheaded penalties nonstop, and they had multiple unnecessary roughness penalties. Cleveland outsmarting them and making capitalized plays in terms of sneaky plays, like sneaking Kendall Lamb out the reverse pass from Jarvis to Baker on third and short. Thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely thought that uh you know like Tennessee just felt overwhelmed and they started to feel like they're getting their their butts kicked like Cleveland did last year in Cleveland on that home opener and then started to 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 panic and go uh and, and start doing some silly stuff now the penalties eventually averaged out I thought there were some makeup penalties in the second half I think the Browns ended up with substantially more 13 for 92 which is by far their worst their worst penalty game of the season uh, as they end up with 90 like I said 13 for 92. But they only turned it over once on that really weird Baker quarterback sneak fumble, which is unfortunate. Uh, the Browns did lead 13 minutes worth of time of possession. And uh, Cody Parkey, man. Shout out to Cody Parkey, who is he's kicking as well as, as recent memory Browns kickers I can think of. He really, I'm not going to use the A word, because when you use the A word, it starts to, to turn off, and the next week they start shanking kicks. But he has been a really solid pickup to solidify that position after Austin Seibert's uncertainty uh over the last year and into the beginning of this year so it's just uh it's really great to see i think parkey was uh let's see here five for five on extra points and uh two for two on field goals i don't think the nfl's media site has this stuff updated so i'm not going to freak out yet i still think people's jones had a better return than what they listed it at but whatever we'll keep moving like I said, defensively, I thought I thought Mac Wilson made some nice run game stops. B.J. Goodson the same. Those guys were playing very forward football. Obviously, Denzel Ward was missed. You have to have him on one of um, you know Corey Davis, who goes for 11 catches for 182 and a touchdown. Now guys like A.J. Brown, who are big physical specimens, kind of like D.K. Metcalf, those guys give Denzel trouble. So I'm not sure that Denzel would have found Brown much, but he would at least have been an impactful player on Corey Davis and not let him go crazy the way he did for 182. First, sir the tight end situations keep keep their uh, keep their place where it feels like the Browns have not stopped a tight end. Just held a tight end in check for so long. Uh, he goes for 51 yards on five catches. Some of those were garbage catches, so I, I can't really complain. That would be silly to complain. Um, this Batson character, man, two big catches, a touchdown uh, he had 14 yards and a touchdown and a big fourth down catch there, too, I believe. But held in check. Defensively, secondary players. Jeffrey Simmons, who's a guy people talked about the Browns drafting when they traded away the first-round pick for Odell, uh, has come back and had a nice year, man. Uh, he's, a, he's an impact player. Malcolm Butler had eight tackles. But listen, we'll check out the rewatch and all that stuff when we get the All-22. Pro Football Focus obviously gets the All-22 quick. They'll have a feedback on grades. But I didn't feel like anyone on Tennessee particularly played that well defensively. The Browns had their way with them. I hate that the penalties, the penalty numbers turned upside down like they did because I just remember thinking late second quarter going into halftime the way Tennessee was melting down it was just reminiscent of uh, the issues the Browns had in 2019 where Greg Robinson gets kicked out of the game you get multiple multiple flags uh, for unnecessary nonsense and un- an undisciplined holding penalty so. Like I said, ugly, ugly numbers at the end of this, but I'm not, I'm not crazy concerned about it. Cleveland goes for 458 on the day. They convert 10 of 16 third downs, while Tennessee only converts two of 10. I thought that was very, very important in this game. Baker Mayfield calm collected nice read-based throws on first watch. Now their second watch, we'll see. We'll do again the Baker Mayfield film room. If you're not a member of the OBR film, uh, you know it's not the OBR, just a member of the OBR in general. You can't watch those live. So we keep those for subscriber only now. So if you want to do the interactivity of coming in, talking about it, commenting, asking questions, getting those answered, uh, you can do that. You'll get that on Tuesday night. If not, I'll release it late Thursday night, Friday morning, just a replay of it that you can watch too. So if that's something you're into, I know I get a lot of questions about that. Uh, you can check that out. The Browns run for, like I said, 118 while only 62 for Tennessee. Pass for a net of 340, while Tennessee passes for 369. I think, yeah, the Browns had three sacks, which is also you know important as well. The turnover luck. Tennessee came into the the, the game with only five total turnovers. I commented on this as as Pro Football Focus put out their their list of turnover worthy play leaders, and Ryan Tannehill I believe was tied for fourth for the most turnover worthy plays. Now those are not turnovers themselves; they're turnover worthy plays where a turnover could result in it. And I thought to myself, man, this guy only has four interceptions. That's a lot of turnover worthy plays that could result in flip. Like those things are kind of coin flips. I thought maybe they're due for some regression. Derrick Henry hadn't fumbled since 2019. It happens, man. They got some turnovers when they needed them and they made nice, nice plays. They end up leading the turnover department three to one. I thought the turnover differential would swing the game. Obviously, it did. And that was great to see, because that's what this defense needs to thrive on, is opportunistic turnover plays, and they did so. Both teams punt three times. Both teams scored five touchdowns. The difference in the score on the board, meaning uh, the two field goals that the Browns were able to kick as well, uh, which is good. So, listen, I don't don't have a ton of breakdown yet. I'm going to write up a little bit on what the play-action stuff looked like, try to get that up tonight, because... In my opinion, play action was was what changed the game. Is what they were able to throw calm collectively from play action sets and 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 really handle themselves. And I'm I'm willing to say on first watch, that's one of the best games I've seen a Browns quarterback throw up since the return. Uh, especially that first half where it just really felt like Baker had an extremely tangible rhythm, uh, comfort, and, and and accuracy too. Man, the accuracy stuff was great to see as well, which is so important in this timing based offense i didn't think the browns ran it very well not sure if it was running back base not sure if it was loading the box from the defense uh tennessee can can play the run game a little bit better they're they're a little better up front than they are in the back end of their defense so they they obviously went into this game with the approach of stopping that you know the browns lost cadero hodge before this game taewon taylor so they were never going to run a ton of heavy wide receiver sets i did love the way that they would go under center motion sorry pre-snap shift get their tight ends split out. They're comfortable using Bryant, Njoku, and Hooper all over the field. So they'll come out under center in a tight formation, two wide, two tight ends to the left, one to the right, or even sometimes three tight ends to one side, and then motion out of it. Uh, Like I said, you could either motion out of it or pre-snap shift out of it. They were taking Baker into the backfield. I was really impressed with how much pre-snap shifting motion stuff they were doing because what the staff has been doing all year pretty much is we are going to give teams looks, get them in personnel packages, and see how they adjust. I think somebody asked this question at the OBR, uh, the the insider uh, section asked the insiders about, you know, when 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 the Browns' first 15 plays, it felt like last year when they got off those 15 plays, they struggled the rest of the way, while this year it seems like maybe they're not as effective on the first drive, which they've still been effective on first drives, but maybe not as effective on the first drive um as they are you know uh, as the game goes on and that to me is a good thing you know you want to spend early parts of the game throwing out formations throwing out personnel groups and seeing what the defense is going to do to adjust to them you usually have an assistant up in the box who charts Who's on the field? Where are they lined up? They look at the tablets. They look at everything replay available and they chart where guys are going to line up. Hey, if we run, uh, if we put out 11 personnel with an offset tight end to the right in the backfield, how are they going to give us a one technique, a three technique? How are they playing their defensive ends? They want to know all that stuff because what it tells them is how they're able to run their wide zone, how they're able to run a counter. If they get a specific look, can we run a counter to the left off of this? All of those intricate details are mapped out. And that's why so often you've seen the Browns defense, sorry, the Browns offense get better as the game goes on they start figuring out hey this scheme works and this look how can we get an extra safety in the box if we get an extra safety in the box we can run this play action or we know that we can get an, a leverage advantage in this run scheme and that is what you want to see these guys collectively between Stefanski Van Pelt uh, who's up in the box and, and and Callahan on the sideline the offensive line coach how can we manipulate the defense whether personnel groupings whether formations whatever to get the look that we want so that we can then capitalize on it we've seen it all year it's been fantastic to see they continue to do it. When you're up 38.7, man, listen, when you're up 38.7, you're going to take your foot off the gas. It's the nature of the game. There's not a ton of people in the stands. It just doesn't feel the same. I'm not worried about the point differential nonsense. Like It just doesn't bother me. These weird end of games. It was never in doubt. They controlled this game. They dominated Tennessee. They took Tennessee completely out of what they want to do because Tennessee wants to do what Cleveland wants to do. They want to run early, put points on the board, throw some advantageous play-action passes off of the run looks, and then close it out with Derrick Henry. And That's what the Browns tried to do. They did it a little bit different. They scored a ton of points early they did whatever they wanted to do offensively in the first half and then just kind of made enough plays in the second half to get it done I, again i don't think you should sit here and be worried about any kind of comeback nonsense i don't think you, there's even there, there shouldn't even creep into your head this team is nine and three for the first time since 2000 shit 1994 I'm sorry man I, I was five years old and and some of you were uh, able to be in your your prime years seeing that or a little bit older in adolescence maybe or some of you didn't see it at all who listened to this and, and I just can't say how awesome it is to sit here and say this is a winning football team the culture seems right the GM to the head coach all of it seems right and it's trickling down and it's having a trickle effect over a team that has had Bumps in the road. It's not been smooth sailing. They've had some injury luck, but they've also lost some key players too. So it's not like everything's breaking in Cleveland's favor. The unfortunate thing is that it's happening the one year Browns fans can't be in the stadium, packed house, enjoying it. But that doesn't change the fact that you should enjoy it from your couch and enjoy following a team that's playing really good football, overcoming personnel issues, overcoming some shortcomings they have. 3 games I think are super winnable out of the next 4. We'll see what Pittsburgh does in week 17. You got a you got a you got a Ravens team who's reeling. You got two New York teams who are not as good as you. They have a chance to get to 11 or realistically 12 wins. And just listen, my, my my point is enjoy the hell out of it. you got a quarterback who's playing well in his last six games, including three of those bad weather games. 65% completion, 1,347 yards, 8.6 yards per attempt, 11 touchdowns, and just that one interception on the first throw of the game against Cincinnati to, on the, in the direction of Odell. Since that time, they're 4-1, and one, man. They're playing great football. He's thriving. The offense is looking comfortable. Pay attention to the good. Eliminate the negative. You have a good football team. They're going to lose some games. You know, they're not perfect. They're far from it, but they're building something real here. They're actually building something real for the first time in a long time. And damn, man, you should be excited. I'm excited. My family's excited. Everybody I talk with about this stuff is excited. And I hope you are too. Enjoy the hell out of this win and uh, we'll be back later this week. We'll preview where the Ravens are at. We'll try to get a leg up on on seeing how the Browns can can, can contain that offense and take advantage of the situation Baltimore's in from a, a fatigue and energy and uh, three games and 13 days standpoint. We'll get there. But for the next few days, enjoy your victory Monday. I'll have some writing up. We'll do the Baker fil- film room on Tuesday. You can enjoy that because he played a hell of a game. Might be his highest-graded pro football focus game right up there with the Cincinnati Road game a few weeks back. And... Um, do your thing, man. Talk trash. Enjoy it. Soak it in. You're the best fan base in the world. I hope you're enjoying every minute of this, and don't let anybody drag you down with any nonsense about how the games are being closed. They're nine and freaking three. So have a hell of a Monday, Uh, and if you're listening to this before Monday, enjoy your Sunday night. Kick back. Enjoy. Take care of your family. Be safe. I appreciate you listening. We'll be back later this week with more. Uh, on the OBR Film Breakdown. Join us at the OBR if you haven't. And make sure you subscribe and rate and review this podcast too. That's always greatly appreciated. So until next time, go Browns.
1: If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, Policygenius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast-track your coverage with a no-exam policy. Once you apply, the Policygenius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, Policygenius's award-winning service has a 5-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today.